When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. All right. Now joined by the color commentator for ASU basketball, a professional irritant during his playing days against the Arizona Wildcats and just an all around good dude, Mr. Kyle Dodd. What's going on, Katie? What's up, Mike? How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Let's uh, let's first talk about a little bit of what's going on here. We'll tell some people about a bet that we've got going on and uh, a little bit more, but I got to be honest with you. Going into this season, I didn't expect anything from ASU. And if you would have told me before the year that, you know, Marcus Bagley wasn't really going to play much, I would have thought even less. But I'll be honest with you. You guys are a lot better than I thought you would be. And this should be an interesting game Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I, I kind of feel the same. I, I think I probably had higher expectations than most of the people just in the public, uh, just because I had seen some of the guys and, and I thought a, a big key was whether or not they could gel and play together and kind of, you know, adapt to each other's style, trust each other. I knew the talent was there, um, but sitting at 11 and two going into the rivalry game um, against a you know, top five team in the country in, in U of A. And I, I think it's, it's a good place to be. Obviously it was a tough game uh, last week before Christmas, but a good place to be for the Sun Devils. And I think it'll be, Another crazy game in, in a, a long line of a uh, long list of crazy rivalry games. All right, let's talk up front because the one thing that Arizona has been able to do pretty much all season is you've got Azulis Tabellis and you've got Umar Ballo. Those have been the two guys that have essentially combined for, you know, 35 and 20. And it's really, I mean, you've been around long enough to know you don't see that very often. The guy that intrigues me, though, in this matchup for you guys is Warren Washington. Big seven footer, blocks some shots. Um, you're going to need a big game out of him and talk a little bit about how you see that matchup going. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's key and, and you know, as well as anybody in the past, we've seen U of a bigs kind of have their way with the sun devils. And it's always been an undersized uh, ASU team uh, this year. I think that's the one thing Bobby can say is they got some length and they have some size, probably the biggest team he's had e- easily by far since he's been here. And, and Warren's a big part of that. A seven-footer offers some rim protection for the first time in, in a while. Um, and honestly, on the offensive side, I've been more impressed with him uh, than I thought I would be. I think right. every time he touches the ball, something good happens. It's not like he's going down and where Ballo's, you know, backing you down and, and going to get a bucket. It, Warren's more of a facilitator out of the post, but every time he touches it, something good happens. So I think it's key to give him the basketball down there, even against the, uh, the bigs against U of A. 
What's also impressive too is when I look at the stats, you know, throughout because I've watched a lot, I've rooted against ASU a lot this season. Um, one thing about it, you look at it, and the the perimeter guys, while they've been good, they don't shoot very high percentages. Whether that's you know Frankie Collins, whether that's Horn, but you're winning games and you've beaten some pretty good teams. How has that perimeter been able to kind of shake some of the the sketchy shooting performances, but still win games against good teams? Yeah, I think honestly the athleticism, the length um, on the defensive side has led to a lot of their offense. Their best offense has been their defense, you know, so far this year. And and this is a team, uh, if you've watched them at all, that's they get about nine, ten dunks a game. I mean, right. lobs and, and that type of stuff. They're not going to just overwhelm you by burying shots from the outside. I think uh, Des- Desmond Cambridge and DJ Horn are the guys that are you know, when they get going are lethal, but they haven't shot it all that well this year, to be honest. So, um, you know, when they have, you've seen stretches of really good basketball and, you know, the Michigan game and, and Stanford and in Colorado in the second half where they shot it well, and it it's tough to play against them when they guard the way they guard. So I think that's where their success has been just their athleticism, their length on the defensive end. And that's how they're winning games right now. What stuck up for you, uh, and I've talked about this a lot, Arizona this year is better than I thought they would be. I thought going into the year they would be, honestly, a top 15 to 20 team. I didn't feel that they would be a top 5, 6, 7 team with losing all they have. I was obviously wrong on that. Um, What has surprised you most about Arizona this year, watching from afar? Uh, I think just the fact that they reloaded. I mean, and let's be honest, it pisses me off bad. (laughs) I mean, you lose three dudes to the NBA, you're supposed to take a step down, and uh, they really haven't. I think it's a tribute to Tommy and and his staff, um, their their system. Um, Just watching them play offensively, you know, and again, it sucks to admit, but it's, it's fun to watch them play offensively. They run their stuff well. They score the basketball at a, at a high pace. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't think – I thought they would be good with Tabellas coming back and Kerr and, and, you know, obviously big fella Balo I thought was going to be – take another step forward. I thought he was ridiculously good last year and just kind of went under the radar. But um, just to see them be back in the top five, and it's annoying. So uh, right. it's, uh, it's really um, – you know, it's Arizona basketball. If what you come to expect there, you know, year in and year out, you expect them to, to be up there. And it, it's an exciting, makes for an exciting matchup to, on Saturday for us. All right. We got a comment here I want to get to in just a second, but first, got to pay the bills. Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Go check it out. They got watch, party, watch parties down at the Tempe location, or you can come down to the Tap and Bottle downtown location. We'll be down there Saturday uh, watching the game, uh, yelling at the screen. Come hang out, have a few drinks. It's a very, very good time. And like I said, Tap and Bottle, the uh, official watch parties. Arizona State's way better than I thought they would be this year. So you know what? Kyle Dodd's going to be on the call, so you know what you could do. You could come down. You could listen to it on the uh, – you could listen to it in any manner you want, but we're going to be down there rooting for the Wildcats again. Check it out. Tap and Bottle Watch parties downtown, 12 o'clock. Uh, look forward to seeing you there. All right, Native Cat 87 has an interesting point right here. Um, he said, do you think the Hurley uh, affects his team more negatively when he flies off the handle like he did during the SF game? Or is that just kind of who he is and that's who you sign up to play for? Uh, I think I get this question a lot. Um, and I think Bobby's team, since he's been here, even as a U of A fan, I think everybody would admit that his teams play their tail off. They, they kind of identify with who their coach is. And so I don't think it's ever really – 
um, hurt them. I mean, obviously we've seen coach get after the officials and we've seen him, you know, very animated on the sideline. I will say this year has been a lot different. He seems to be enjoying himself more this year. Um, Sorry to interrupt there, Katie, but when I watched Bobby Hurley, I thought going into the year and just watching him, did he know that this team was going to be a little bit better than people thought? Because he has mellowed it a little bit. I've noticed that. Yeah, I think so. I think he had a quiet confidence about this group. And, um, you know, I think he's also grown as a coach and he's under, you know, understanding to pick his moments. And there's times where he needs to go to bat for his guys. I thought in the Creighton game in Vegas, it was getting out of hand. Um, Creighton went on a, a rather large run after ASU had a double digit lead and, and took an they took a double digit lead in a couple of calls that were just puzzling. And it seemed like a home game at that point to, to us just because there were so many Creighton fans there. And, and Bobby, there was a couple calls that were just atrocious and, uh, and Bobby went to bat for his squad. He took a technical and I, and I said it on the air. I'm like, he's got to take that. That's, that's a good T right there. And ASU went on a barrage, uh, you know, after that. And I think, you know, for the, the to answer the question, I think it, it really does more good for for our program and our team uh, than it does you know harm the team. But I know you know being especially being a rival, I know you're probably uh, you guys enjoy watching the uh, the antics over there, and there's been plenty of them during the rivalry games in the short time that he's been here. I mean, we had we've had Mike Stoops, we've had Sean Miller. Yes, so, you know we, we 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 know what it, we know what it's like right there. True. Now, the way this uh, Abraham uh, Mendoza says a great point right here, he says, ASU can defend, so we won't have anything easy. One thing that really sticks out to me about ASU, too, is their length. Um, That, to me, is going to be a a big key right here, whether do you expect them to try to make Arizona shoot threes, uh, shoot some passing lanes? What should Arizona fans expect from ASU defensively? I think they're just going to try to do what they've done to most teams and just make it uncomfortable. They really heat up the basketball. I would expect them to try to uh, get under Kerr's skin a little bit and just, you know, really heat up the basketball. Like I said, with their length, they can get out and deny passing lanes and they have the rim protection for the first time in a while. And so that's why they've been good defensively. It's been a real challenge for teams to score. So I think that's what you have to do to Arizona. You have to try to make them uncomfortable because we know how good they are offensively. So that's probably the shot that ASU has, you know, to win this game. But uh, it, it's it's interesting because, you know, you guys that'll are going in person on Saturday, you'll see it's for the first time in a while, you'll look and, and go, wow, these are two teams that look about the same size and they look the right. same length. And there's been so many times going into this game where I've watched – you guys warm up and I'm like, good God, man, who are these dudes? And just a wall, you know, sideline to sideline arms. And it's, it's, um, I can, can tell you this year, ASU does have the bodies and the size and the length. Now let's see if that translates into a, some success on Saturday. I remember this team reminds me a little bit of the Bill Frieder teams growing up. I know a little bit before you, but I know you know Bill well. Um, there was he. They were always athletic. They were long, and there wasn't really any roster filler. There wasn't a guy that was out there where you're like, eh, shouldn't really be out there. All these guys on ASU have a purpose out there, and I think that's what's intriguing too about this team. And like you said, they play hard as well. So it should be a fascinating matchup in that regard. Um, now. Uh, San Arizona State's coming off obviously a tough loss against uh, San Francisco. What is there anything you take away from that game? Do you just burn that tape and say, "All right, it's on to the rivalry game"? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, if if I was the uh, the coach, I would probably say, "Hey, let's take that game film, let's let's shine it up really nice, and wrap it up in a in a Christmas wrapping, and then and then just give throw it away and never look at it, never talk about it, never never right. bring it up again." It was it was just from the jump. It just was something that just went off the off the rails, and um, you know, it's probably a good wake up call for them. Um, obviously, you don't want to lose that bad, but um, it's it's a good wake up call. Like I said, and still to this, to this point, if you're 11 and two and they've had a lot of good wins, I think they'll take it, but, uh, we know what's in front of it. It would have been really nice to be playing Cal on on Saturday to see if you can get yourself right. right. Um, but, uh, U of A is obviously coming in and, and you're shoving it into, into first gear and, and you're going to lock up with your rival and that'll be, uh, it'll see where, where they've learned from their mistakes last week. All right, I got to make up a read from I didn't do yesterday. The DraftKings, uh, my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week. I'm going to pick Arizona to beat ASU. Kyle Dodd and I have a fun bet going on here. 24-hour bet. If Arizona wins, Kyle's got to change his background on Twitter for 24 hours to back the A. If ASU wins, I've got to put the forks up emblem on the back. Again, 24 hours, so that should be fun. Kyle, what do you think about my pick? Uh, we're going to get into you know some more stuff, but what do you think about my prediction right there? You you like ASU, and what does ASU need to do to win this game for me to be wrong in my DraftKings uh, pick of the week prediction? Yeah, I mean, obviously I like ASU. Obviously, you like U of A. Um, right. You know the history of the rivalry. I'd say I'm I'm going out on a little bit more of a risk than uh, than you, but um, you know I, I I'm excited. I think the fact that we got the game at home. Um, as much if it's a better feeling just have it you know i think there's a better chance we haven't had much success at all in tucson so but i mean let's let's be serious it's going to be a real challenge for asu u of a's obviously done what they've done not just this year but in the past and there's you know part of this rivalry where you just you just never expect um success sometimes from from us but um i, I think it's going to be a good game i really anticipate it being one of the better games that we've seen in the last several years and I think that uh, we might might just surprise some people, but that being said, I I'll, I'll have the back of the A ready in case I, I have to eat my words. I'll, so I'll have mine ready as well. That's your DraftKings pick of the week right there. All right, I wanted to ask you now because you're the thing that I really like about you too is that you're able to go. You have such a good historical knowledge of both these teams and their um, you know and what they've been able to do. I wanted to get to O one here and your playing days here in a minute, but the first thing, what does ASU need to do? For the and I put this out there on Twitter the other day. It was kind of a troll, kind of a serious question for the Mike Bibbies, for the the Richard Jeffersons, the the Channing Fries, the native Phoenicians to want to grow up being an ASU or playing for ASU. What does what does that program need to do for that to happen? I just think obviously have some success and and sustain it. And uh, I think you know Coach Hurley's done a nice job. Um, doing that for you know he had that three-year stretch where you know going to the tournament or I guess the COVID year we were going to go to the tournament for the third straight year and win 20 games for three years in a row and that just doesn't happen here so um, obviously U of A has enjoyed a rich history of of winning and and I think a lot of guys they see that so if you can get it going and I, I think the real window where we really missed an opportunity and I tell people this all the time was when Harden was here Luke was retiring um a, you know U of A was in transition ASU won five in a row and yeah. it was like okay one year they won three three in yeah. one season yeah three straight I, I give my boy uh, Kyle Fogg who's like my little brother 
Um, not a lot of people don't know that either. I spent a lot of time. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, foggy and me grew up in the same area and he's like, like I said, he's like a little brother to me stayed with me every summer. We trained together. I put him through workouts since he was a little kid. And I, I give him crap all the time. Cause I'm like, you know, you're like the only dude in the history to play for U of A that like have a losing record against ASU just because he had that, <laughs> right. he had that terrible stretch. But uh, yeah, Foggy's he's a good dude, one of the better Wildcats of all time. I actually story that probably nobody knows, but I um, I used to sit like courtside at McHale for several games before I was the color commentator. When I first moved back out to Arizona, I was running a training facility, and I'd sit courtside to go watch Fog play, and nobody nobody ever knew. Very few. Every once in a while, I'd see somebody in the bathroom and be like, they'd give me this look, like, right. oh my god, no way, you know. Right. But I, yeah, I saw it, sat at several games and never cheered openly, but I wanted my boy Fogg to, uh, to do well, obviously. You were, uh, you're at an interesting point because I've always felt, especially when you played, you played Arizona at its absolute apex all four years. Um, and I've texted you with you before about this. I believe that 01 Arizona is the best team in Pac 12 in the last 25 years. And, you know, that was something that you saw squarely, you know, straight up with Lauren Woods, Michael Wright, Richard, Gilbert Arenas, Jason Gardner can keep going, Luke Walton, who we'll get to in a second. But when you were playing those teams, first of all, do you agree with my what I say right there? And what was it like playing those teams? Oh, uh, I mean, it was stupid how good they were. I mean, when you got guys that they had coming off the bench um, that would be starters in any other Pac-10 team and and the guys that they had up front, and I talk about all the time, the best player, best big we've ever played against or I've ever played against was Michael Wright. And, right. I mean, he was, uh, he was an absolute load down there. You could not stop that guy. And, you know, his, his game didn't necessarily translate to the, the next level, so to speak, but um, – you know, he was as good a college big man as I've ever seen. And and that right. team in 01, I mean, you look at Gilbert Arenas and what he did in the NBA. And I mean, Jason Gardner, people, people forget that him and Jay Williams were the two best guards in the country, like in right. the country as freshmen, mm-hmm. Jason's freshman year. I mean, he, had he gone after his freshman year, I think Jason would have been a lottery pick. I mean, right. he, he was right there with Jay Williams from Duke and, and then to have Gilbert and then Richard, oh, by the way, one of the best athletes, you know, to play college basketball. And then Lauren Woods was just in the middle clogging things up with all arms. And Eugene Edgerson, who just came in and just did stupid things and beat people <laughs> up. Um, I mean, those teams were just loaded. The whole Pac-10, honestly, was loaded at that time. I, I, I always say that I played at the wrong time because it was every every team had three NBA guys. I mean, Oregon had Rittenauer, Jackson, Fred Jones. Fred Jones. I mean, USC was loaded with Granville and Clancy and Scalabrini. Scalabrini was a league guy. I mean, Trapani, the lefty with the 50 inch yeah. vertical. Oh, yeah. He was crazy. And, you know, I mean, it was Stanford yeah. was number one in the country for two of the years I was there. Right. So, um, yeah, those were some good teams. And that, that 01 U of A team, you know, obviously ran into Duke in the, in the championship, but that was, uh, that was as good a college basketball team that I played. All right, let's say that you want to go to this game last second, but you don't know where to go to. 
Here's where you go. Game time. You can get 60% off uh, tickets many times last second. We've had a lot of people in our post-game shows hop on and say they were able to get their tickets. Check out uh, the show notes and the link in the description. Game time. You can get up to 60% off again. You can go there. You can watch Kyle Dodd. You can get pretty good seats and get game time again. 60% off. Check it out. Show notes and the link in the description. All right. What do you think when you were going into games? Because... Everybody remembers Kyle Dodd down here in Tucson. And, you know, and I always tell people too, listen, man, he was a Division I basketball player. None of us were Division I basketball players. So what was your mentality going into these games? Because, again, you were you were an irritant. Everybody knew who you were. And not that you were cheap or anything, but you were an irritant going into those games. What was your mentality? Uh, to be that. I mean, to do exactly that. And, you know, being six foot and <laughs> – little white kid from Orange County that I was 140 pounds when I got into the Pac-10. I think I started nine or 10 games my freshman year. I had to be a little bit crazy. Right. Um, I, I jumped out of the gym. I, I didn't shoot it all that well. So I had to do all the little things. And the system that we played in, that I played in for Coach Evans, was mainly my, my job was to push the basketball, pitch it ahead, and then guard all game, every game, full court. And so I didn't necessarily play – the style that I played when I played in high school, I was more of a scorer, get to the rim, jump over the top of you in college. My job was to be that guy and be a little pest and punk. And, right. and, um, you know, I wasn't trying to be, and I never, I could honestly say I never did, you know, I, I never felt like I was a dirty player by any means. No, I never did anything dirty. I know that obviously the incident uh, with U of a people will yeah. always remember, but that was me. Honestly, that was coming off of a game where we had beat U of a for the first time, since I would been there and we went down there a couple weeks later and we were getting the doors blown off of us. And I remember coming out of the timeout saying like, I mean, we're either going to go down, like just get on the bus and go back to Tempe or I'm going to try to get my team going. And I tried to get my team going. So it's great though. I love it. And you know, I told you this, I think last year, I don't, I don't even believe half the stuff I say when I, I just try to get people going. I, I love the rivalry. I love the, uh, the energy from both sides. Um, and so, what yeah, makes I mean, this, what, what makes this rivalry so good and so unique I just, just across the board? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, so I grew up around UCLA, USC and USC, Notre Dame football and stuff like that. But there wasn't the hate and anger and, and just, just, the I don't know, man, this, this, this thing between ASU and U of A, you know, I, I noticed it when I set foot on campus for the first time, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, like everything, every paper, everything. And I know it's the same. I used to talk to people like Miles, Simon, and, and some mm-hmm. of my guys that I grew up with. And I knew um, – and I thought – in my mind, I thought, well, why would U of A basketball hate ASU that much? Because they dominated the, the rivalry. So I, I was like, you guys don't really care that much, right, UCLA? But in, in the program, like I've, told, I've talked to people that coached with Lute – that played for loot that like, no loot could not stand. Like he hated ASU with a passion. And there was like this complex that he had about ASU. And I'm like, why? Like the dude never lost to us. Right. So, um, I just think that's what makes it. it. It was so fun to play in those games. I mean, obviously it wasn't fun, the outcome for me, but just to, I embraced it. I thought it was great. I thought, you know, so the, what U of A's built down there in Tucson and, and to see, I mean, I had old, 80 year old ladies calling me the names I can't even say. And I'm like, right. I looked up and I was like, that is crazy. That's awesome. I mean, like, 
it's insane how how much uh, passion there is in the rivalry, and I think that's what makes it is you just get you get people from all walks of life, and and you just kind of grow up with it. Now, um, when you were when you were there, and I got a kind of a nerdy story. I followed uh, Donnell Knight and Tommy Smith around for uh, their entire before their senior year, yeah. and I thought, to be honest with you, and again, I was young at that time. I thought that that was kind of the moment where ASU was going to start getting those Phoenix kids and keeping them home. Now, Don Eldon obviously turned out to what a lot of people thought, but Tommy Smith did, is um, with the way Phoenix is right now, it would seem to me that it would be more, it would be easier to be able to put a product out there with the kind of talent. Or is that something where these kids are coming in from all over, they're transplants? What is that blueprint to get ASU to that next level, besides just winning, obviously? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a different world in college basketball right now with with uh, the transfer portals like free agency and and the high school kids. I feel sorry for it. It's just like the recruiting of high school kids you barely hear about anymore. Right. Um, that being said, I think when I got to Phoenix and and Tempe, I, I thought I went to some high school games and I was like, whoa, like this is not like other than the top programs and there were yeah. some really good coaches you know, the Mountain Views, Gary Ernst and, and, um, all the, the, the teams that had historically had success. Really Stoles, your teams like yeah, that. Yeah. They had, you know, yeah. Sam Dwayne, all those guys had really good coaches and success. And then you saw some teams that you're like, what are they? I mean, they're rolling out the basketballs and just letting them play. And <laughs> right. I didn't, I wasn't impressed with the level to say the least. And, but you had a couple of guys here or there that were stars. Now, fast forward, I think high school basketball and high school football for that matter in Arizona, the coaches, the talent, it's up there with anybody in the country now. And so I think that's why it's even more important for a school like ASU and, and U of A to in football and basketball to try to keep guys home. And I think, you know, you're seeing that the effort from both schools to try to do that. And obviously it's been easy for Arizona to get a guy to come down the freeway and say, Hey, look, you're going to play for a top 25 team. And historically we've been, you know, in the tournament every year and, and this is a you're going to sell out games and and now i think asu has got to find a way to sell their program and for me it's it's playing for coach hurley and and playing a system that you want to play you have fun playing in and and hopefully winning will keep going here all right not every kid has what they need to be able to succeed in life that's where candlein.org comes into play candlein again you can it helps kids out with school supplies helps kids out with a variety of different uh, issues that sometimes the you know less fortunate kids have check out candlein again um you know, again, we're in the holiday season. Not a lot of people have everything they need to be able to take that next step as a uh, student. Candlin does that. Check it out, candlin.org. Uh, All right, uh, KD, before we sign off right here, what needs to happen? What are you most concerned about in this game for ASU? And what does Arizona need or what does ASU need to do to combat that and get a victory so that I have to put a forks up in my background? Uh, I think just just slowing down the the offense. Um, it's a, a well-oiled machine at times, and I think that if, like I said earlier, if ASU can disrupt it and be disruptive and make Arizona uncomfortable, um, I think they could have some success. Obviously, we know how well Arizona fans travel. I don't know what it'll be like this year um, with the success that we've had. I would hope that it would be one of those years where it's you know eighty-five, fifteen, yeah, right. But, but we've, you know, we've seen, there's been years where I expected it. Oh my gosh, it's going to be 50, 50 and the ASU fans showed out. And then the unfortunate part for me is that students are gone, um, beyond right. break. So Good I point. think that's tough, but 
you know, and as so my my point is to for ASU, I think you got to keep the the fans that travel. You you got to keep them quiet, keep them out of the game because I think Arizona they get juiced by having such a good following in a road game. So I think that the team really feeds off those fans. If you can keep your home crowd into it and those guys quiet and have some success, I think you know you have a chance. And I, like I said, the big thing for me is just slowing down the offense that uh, U of A provides night in and night out. He's Kyle Dodd. Oh, by the way, Matt Muehlbach says, uh, give you virtual knucks right there. Matt's a big Matt, Matt's a big Kyle Dodd fan right there. That's my boy. I, there's no better dude. In the, and again, like I have to get this out there. It's not that I hate everybody at U of A. I don't hate anybody. I mean, I obviously embrace the rivalry more than anybody, but I have some of my best friends live in Tucson. Some of my best friends in the Pac-12 are U of A guys. So I love the rivalry. I will always dig and and claw and scratch and and be annoying but um that being said i do respect uh all you guys and especially you mike and then yeah mule box my boy man that no better dude in the pac-12 what what a great guy to represent arizona basketball matt's a good buddy of mine and i can assure you that he's a fan of yours so um all right kyle we'll uh, we'll be in touch but as always really appreciate you giving me some of your time my guy yeah man anytime all right, he's Kyle Dodd. Uh, catch him this Saturday at 12 o'clock. <laughs> Back the egg. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.